0: Hello and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 25. I am your host, Hector Marrero.
1: And I'm another host, Kip Clark.
0: Today we have a special guest, Issa Polstein. Hello. And what is it that you'd like to talk about today, Isa?
2: Today I'd like to talk about fear.
0: Wonderful. Uh, well, I guess let's start with what scares you.
2: What scares me? My biggest fear, and I get laughed at, at about this a lot, my biggest fear is the ocean. Specifically, not the water itself, but specifically the what is in the ocean. From the smallest of like clownfish to the biggest of whales, sharks, ev- everything just gives me the heebie jeebies
0: Since you were young?
2: Since I was very young. There's a very specific moment that I remember, which is we had a shark bio. This was first grade, we had a shark biologist come in and talk to us. And uh, he randomly apparently he does this at every visit. He picked me, brought me up, had me turn my back to the uh, projection screen and then put a picture up, everyone laughed, and then he told me to turn around, and I did, and it was this great white shark lunging out of the water with his mouth open, and being right up close to that without knowing what was gonna be there just scared the crap out of me. And ever since that, I've really been terrified of sea creatures.
1: Have you had experiences swimming in the ocean or even being near the ocean that have brought that up for you, or do you just avoid it altogether?
2: I try to stay away from bodies of water in general a few times i've been to the ocean i haven't really gone past the boardwalk
0: wow that's fascinating and also isa i'd like for you to perhaps ask us or tell us a little bit more about fear and why it is that fear interests you and why is it that you want to talk about fear today
2: well for me watching people get scared is a lot of fun because it's For you, the person watching someone else get scared, it's silly. You know, this whole thing I talked about in first grade, it's silly for everyone else to watch me get scared. But also, I'm one of those people who, you know, inching closer and closer and closer to things that scare me provides an adrenaline rush that I love. One of the many reasons why I love horror movies. Now, Kip, I know you've said previously to me that you don't like horror movies and you don't like being scared. And I'm, I'm curious about why that is.
1: Absolutely, well I think for me the apprehension or the confusion perhaps is the fact that I have a very active imagination and so even showing me clips of a horror movie or in my opinion the best horror movies which don't show you the monster or the thing that is the source of all the fear leads the viewer to then conceptualize what that thing or that entity is and I have a very active imagination and for people who aren't here with us in the studio, Issa's smiling as I say that because I think it makes a lot of sense to him but personally. That's the worst part for me about a horror movie because my imagination won't stop and then I'll go to bed and have very vivid dreams about whatever that thing was. And I guess, to me, being scared, and I think you sort of touch upon it with other people finding it silly when they scare you, is that when you're scared, you feel, in my mind, very helpless and out of control, like you don't have an ability to either control yourself or the situation that you're in. And a horror movie, to me, seems like you're putting yourself in that position voluntarily. And i guess i can't get past the logical disjunction there i can see emotionally maybe why that thrill that adrenaline rush is something you seek but yeah i am too much in my head about horror movies
2: i'm I'm fascinated by the fact that you zero in on the, the apprehension and that's what the imagination that's what scares you the most stephen king has divided the the experience of fear into three steps terror horror and revulsion and he says that horror is the most important one so terror is you hear a knock at your door and that's the jump scare like you know you weren't expecting a knock and then a knock came horror is when the thought sets in that something you don't know what it is but something is behind the door and that's like the peak of fear and then revulsion is when the door opens and you see the monster in all of its glory and i just think it's interesting that you know you articulated that hector do you like being scared
0: yes i do like being scared though i did avoid being scared for Periods of time, specifically with roller coasters, when I would go over to amusement parks with my family, I'd always stay off the roller coasters. But uh, in the past, maybe three or four years, I've started really uh, loving the rush of a roller coaster, especially. But with horror films, I just don't watch that many horror films. But I do love a good horror film. What was the
2: last horror movie you saw?
0: Last time, that's that's what I've been thinking about. I can't I can't quite recall the last horror film I've watched.
2: Another really interesting thing about fear that draws me towards it is that. It, it it tells you a lot about a person and what they're scared of so for me with my ocean thing um, there's a very specific life experience that I've gone through that has now given me this irrational fear um, you can know you know about about their their past in terms of what they're scared of now also there are you know things that everybody is generally afraid of heights you know death falling and and I, I think that that element of fear is really beautiful because it unites us as humans in these things that we share. I don't know. Maybe maybe you guys aren't afraid of heights, but I think pretty much everyone is.
1: No, I totally am. I understand it. I would like to, and I was actually thinking about this today. I forget why, but I'd really love to go skydiving, which I think sort of connects to what you're talking about. But yeah, I mean, what are things that generally speaking scare us? Hector, what's something that terrifies you?
0: I think what scares me the most that I can think of right now that really freaks me out is being unable to move for whatever reason waking up and being paralyzed or just being frozen or tied down somehow i think that comes up i mean my dreams and i've seen in movies these days where somebody's being pulled down by wool or some sort of rope or something i can't move forward but yeah, I love that point that you make, that there is this interconnection between humans where we all have these very similar fears, and these show up in people's dreams, these show up in movies, they're the same elements over and over again. I want to move the conversation forward and ask, what are some of your favorite horror movies, and what is it about them that really get you?
2: Well, um, I think I'll talk specifically about the last horror movie I watched, which is one of the best I've seen in my entire life. It's an Australian horror movie, came out this past year called The Bat. No, it came out in 2013, let me <laughs> correct myself, called The Babadook. And I love it because it speaks to the idea of the uncanny. It represents that perfectly. So the film is about a mother and son whose husband slash father has recently passed away in a horrible car accident. And... The absence of the father has created this, this rift between them. The nature of their relationship is different. And one day, the, the mother reads this book to her son about the Babadook. You know, you can't get rid of the Babadook. He's coming, and it's this monster called the Babadook that begins to haunt them. And both the mother and son respond to it differently. And I love, I love horror movies that do that because... The real horror is not the Babadook, it's not the monster, it's the rift between two people who need each other and love each other, and the, the ways in which metaphorical monsters in our lives can just create profound and unconquerable differences between people.
0: Now, Isa, I want to bring it back for a second. I remember earlier, I think it was last semester, you did for your senior thesis The Pillow Man. Yeah. And there are elements of horror and fear in that play that tie it all together. Is there? Is that the reason?
2: Oh, absolutely. It, uh, the play itself is just a roller coaster of, of terror, horror, and revulsion, mostly I'd say in this one, mostly it's revulsion because it relies heavily on shocking the audience, you know, showing a six-year-old girl being crucified. And it's so much fun for me to be able to participate in that stuff. Not that I would ever condone any of it in real life, but I feel like like the idea of engaging with it intellectually as a simulation is, is really fascinating to me.
1: And beyond the intellectual nature of it, is part of the fascination the fact that it is so detached from our reality that you couldn't legally get away with that and so you're allowed to indulge in this crazy world that there are no stakes in because it is acting, is that part of the fascination? Oh,
2: absolutely. And that's also the, the detachment from reality is why I, you know, I can watch Vampire, monster movies werewolf movies Frankenstein movies zombie movies and be less scared of those than I am of falling or fish or whatever because I know that they exist outside of of our reality Um, and it's something that's never going to get me but because they are so heightened that's what makes them fun for me that they are heightened uh, versions of things that scare us in our own reality
1: Okay, so you've mentioned vampires, werewolves, and Frankenstein, obviously popular tropes in horror movies. What do you have to say about them, and what roles they fill, or maybe what thematic importance they all have?
2: Well, I want to go back to Stephen King here, and I should probably cite the book where he talks about this. It's one of my favorite books, and I think everybody should read it. Anybody who likes, or has, anybody who has experienced horror and enjoyed it. It's called Dance Macabre, and it's basically uh, his history of the horror genre. Um, and in it, he breaks down every single horror movie monster or creature that has ever been made into three tropes. The vampire, the werewolf, and the Frankenstein. The vampire is a creature that represents lust for the forbidden, and the corrupt, um, often associated with sex and things like that. The werewolf represents the duality of man and our fear of what is inside ourselves, sort of the beast within us all, and our fear of that. And the Frankenstein represents our fear of the unknown, things that exist just outside the realm of being human that we don't understand. And so that's an example of, like I was saying, uh, uh, taking something that is very base and human and then heightening it into a monster that exists outside of our own world. And I'm fascinated by the genre's ability to do that.
1: Do you have a favorite one of those monsters that you just mentioned?
2: I love werewolves, and let me use that to give you an example of how, you know, a, a werewolf is not just literally a, a werewolf, the way Stephen King means. He says that the the OG werewolf, if you will, was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. That that's what a werewolf is, the, the fear of the the dark things living inside of us that we all have. Well, so werewolves are my favorite because I I've never thought about that. I think it would have to be because that's... Sort of what tangibly scares me the most, you know, what am I capable of, you know, who am I really at heart, um, an uncertainty of that draws me to werewolves. I also think they look pretty cool. <laughs> what, what would your favorite of them be? Like, what, if you had to pick between a vampire, vampiric things, bestial things, or unknown things?
1: I personally think Frankenstein sort of representing the unknown is perhaps the most important especially because I think sort of given the time period we live in, we're now in 2015, and I think a lot of things are known, or we're gradually becoming more expert as a species in the planet we inhabit in one another, you know, geography, animals, etc. Obviously we're not all-knowing, but I think human pursuit of knowledge represents not only a curiosity but also a fear of not knowing things, and I think frankenstein sort of as an idea and also the book that shelley wrote indicates that fear of the unknown which i think is perhaps the most universal fear because it's why we're afraid of the dark if i had to speculate that we can't see and we really really don't like the idea that we're not always aware or under control of our surroundings and i would also argue and maybe we can come back to this later we don't have to that frankenstein is sort of a fear over death that frankenstein himself at least in the book live for a much longer span than a typical human would. And I think that that's always a human sort of preoccupation, how early we die, how our mortality affects us and unites us, or maybe even divides us. But I would pick Frankenstein. What about you, Hector?
0: I would also pick Frankenstein. And I mean, you just articulated those points very beautifully, Kip. I always liked Frankenstein's story simply because he's a reject from society. He's just, you know, he's like this baby in a giant man's body.
2: You have me thinking something that I've never thought before here, which is that, that you know, we all know that the, the Frankenstein is not the name of the monster. It's the
0: name That's of, right. the
2: of the guy who created him. So maybe the, the real Frankenstein, the real unknown, is is the idea of, of, you know, a person reaching into things that we cannot understand and trying to understand them and the process of doing that, destroying it their life and that that's the real horror of the book.
1: I think it's possible, I mean I I even think it could get at a certain fear of God in that Frankenstein or rather Frankenstein's monster after being created by Dr. Frankenstein is sort of let loose and similarly in a biblical sense that God sort of created man and I wouldn't say let him loose but that God created man and sort of left him to be and sort of saw what he would do man being his creation I think there is perhaps an apprehension in the novel Frankenstein about what it means to be a creation, what you owe your creator, what kind of relationship you have. And I think, like, yeah, a certain uneasiness about what it means to not have complete agency over everything in your life, including your creation, which, of course, we aren't capable of creating ourselves. So, yeah, that's what I think Dr. Frankenstein might represent there.
2: Going back to horror movies, I'd. I'd... So, for the Frankenstein trope, I. Would cite examples of that as pretty much every serial killer in a slasher movie. Your Mike Myers, your Jasons, your Leatherfaces, your Freddy Kruegers, because they're these sort of bestial things just removed from being human, and we know almost nothing about them. You know what's motivating them to do this, how they're capable of this. uh, Are they behind the door? You know, are they, how close to me are they when I'm running away from them? And that that, that sense of unknown about them is what's really the most terrifying. Uh,
0: Kind of branching off of that, I'm just curious, and I just thought of this right now. You know, you mentioned Jason, you mentioned Freddy Krueger, Mike Myers, even Frankenstein, the werewolf, the vampire. All these tropes are used again and again. These things that scare us are repeated in our culture, whether it's in books or movies or, What have you why do you think that is why is there a a fear in the new perhaps or rather let me just throw that question out why is it that we go to the same characters the same familiar faces let's call them over and over again to scare us like there have been something like 10 Jason films and a number of nightmare on Elm streets what do you think that is
2: well at a very basic level I think question Gets to a reason why a lot of people accuse the horror genre of being bad, and that there are so many remakes, and and a lot of them are, let's face it, bad movies. Um, I'll get back to that point, though. Uh, the broadest answer to your question, I think, is that, as I said earlier, there are these very base things that we all fear as as humans, as beings that want to sustain our own life. So we're scared of these things, and you we know to stay away from them. You know, heights you know, poisonous, scary animals that can kill us, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And these figures recur so often because they are distillations of these very primal fears we have, and they're going to scare us every time. And with these, these uh, horror series that have, you know, 10 Friday the 13th or whatever, it they, they keep making them, and they keep being successful because people love coming back to that. It, they love... The familiarity of that sense of fear i
0: think so going back for a moment to the ocean there are a lot of horror type stories that take place in the ocean or surrounding using the ocean as a character two stories i can think of on the top of my head are that of cthulhu and that of godzilla are you a fan of these stories do they freak you out particularly more
2: First of all, I love H.P. Lovecraft. I love the, the the idea of the Great Old Ones, that there are these unknowable ancient horrors that exist, you know, in and around our world. You know, there could be something in the room with us right now. In fact, there, according to him, there probably is, but we, our brains can't comprehend what it is and therefore we can't see it. Um, that, I guess, gets back to the unknown. You know, like Kip said, at its heart, the fear of the unknown is the most basic fear that we have. It's sort of an all-encompassing fear in a lot of ways. Um, with Godzilla, though, I would, and this is actually something I had written down in my notes to talk about. I don't, Godzilla is not a horror movie, to me. Sure, it has scary parts, but Godzilla is science fiction. And I think the difference between horror and science fiction and and the difference between horror and thriller is that the line at times is very, very fine, but it's still there.
1: So Isa, I'm personally of the belief that films and most art, most human productions do in some way reflect life, either our thoughts on it or our hopes for it. And I think a big trope, at least that I'm aware of, whether it's a joke or not, is that very frequently in horror movies there are people, if people are killed in the span of the movie, that get killed off most quickly. Either the dumb person, often racial minorities, etc., etc. and I feel like in the very stereotypical and perhaps poorly made horror movie, the romantic couple are like the only two people left. Maybe there's a few others that survive, but often minor characters for their character traits are killed off quickly and i wanted to know if you have any opinion or input on why let's say a racial minority might be killed first and if you think that's the commentary of a horror movie director or if it's just sort of happenstance because it seems to happen in a pattern almost laughably so in my opinion despite the fact that i haven't seen many horror movies
2: i think that stems from the boom in horror series that came out of the mid to late 80s these are the the friday the 13th the Texas Chainsaw Massacres, etc., etc., where the the sequence of dying just happened to be something that occurred in one movie, and it worked, and it it was easier to just turn off a script that's essentially a, a carbon copy of what came before, and so it just became a pattern. I don't think in... This is just my personal view, but I don't think in killing a black guy off first in a horror movie, unless the director, the writer, actually happens to be tremendously racist, in which case... I, I don't think that by doing that, they're trying to be racist, unless they are racist, in which case, I think every character would be black. <laughs> it would be, have it be a movie No, before.
1: that's a fair point. I perfectly respect that opinion. Can I ask about maybe your first horror movie experiences? Do you remember being... Like petrified as a child of any particular horror movie, in the way that perhaps I might have been, and not really enjoying horror movies because of my active imagination.
2: So, as a as a young kid, I viscerally remember watching the whatever nineteen thirty one I think Bella Lugosi might have been earlier than that Bella Lugosi Dracula movie, and just being mesmerized by it. And then I got the Universal Pictures, the 1930s, Wolfman, and then the 20s, James Whale, Frankenstein, and Bride of Frankenstein, all of these old black and white horror movies. And to me, they weren't scary, they were just fascinating. And so then I wanted to try watching an actual horror movie. And it was Amityville Horror, the 1979 one, which is one of the best haunted house movies ever made but it is scary as all heck. Um, It's rated R and I was way too young to be watching it. I must have been like nine or 10. And that put me off of horror for a long time. I thought it was one thing, like what all these old black and white monster movies are, but then I saw that and thought it was another thing. And then um, it was really just at the tail end of high school, probably my senior year, I watched The Shining and I'm just blown away by it. By how, how a movie that scary could be that good. And I've fallen
1: in love with it. Now when you say just a good movie, what about it made it a good movie beyond simply the horrific aspects?
2: You know, it's one of those movies where, you know, the, the mise-en-scene, if you will, is absolutely wonderfully used, the script is so perfect. I mean, it's based on a Stephen King story, uh, so of course the story itself is going to be fantastic the acting is brilliant it it's you know it's 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 an oscar worthy movie now that it was i don't think it was even nominated but it it's one of those movies that is that tier and it also happens to be a horror movie which is a rare thing
1: now one thing i've started to think about as you've been discussing horror movies and sort of the effect they have on us i'm curious to know if you think horror movies maybe even amazing horror movies make us as viewers more resilient maybe even braver if i can take it that far or actually make us more Tolerant to the fears that we're seeing on screen or if you think they continue to keep us in a state of fear I'd be curious to know.
2: I think it depends on your personality For some it can be very cathartic For others people like you who don't watch horror movies um, It's it's too painful to you know the the approaching make forcing yourself to sit through one is too much Um, Because you know not everyone is going to love everything Hector, you said you have watched some horror movies. Do you remember at all feeling a uh, sort of catharsis, release, ad- adrenaline rush at the end of it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. But you know, right now, what I'm thinking about, the my favorite horror, fear-based thing, is the Twilight Zone. And I'm thinking about the Twilight Zone because I just re-watched an episode that is really my favorite, and it's called, I think, Kick the Can. and. That episode freaks me out and to I hope I don't spoil this for any viewers but it takes place in a nursing home and there are all these you know grandpas and grandmothers and it starts off with this one guy who I think his name is Charles he goes off with his father or with his son and he has a suitcase ready and he's ready to live at home with his son and you know live with his family but the son says listen dad there's no room for you so then Charles is just driven to find his youth again he's tired of being told over and over again to go to bed and to not be crazy or whatever and he manages to gather up all the people in the nursing home and takes them out to play kick the can and there's this one dissenter there's one guy who's his friend and tells him charles you're too old there's no way you'll ever find your youth again and that man goes outside and looks at all everybody else including charles and they're all kids again Charles and everybody else from the nursing home is playing kick the can and they're all children and the one dissenter who I I forgot his name he's just saying Charles do you remember me please take me like make me young again and he can't he can't find that youth and the people from the nursing home go looking around for you know for Charles and the others but little do they know that they have gone into the other realm and what I love about that episode is that there is this fear that's not in your face it's not scary per se but it's this fear of missing out or this fear of losing something because you didn't know or you didn't believe which I think is also just one of those very deep fears that humans have and that one again and again I watch it and I just it it hits me every time.
2: Have you seen the To Serve Man episode? Yeah I have. The Twilight Zone had such an amazing ability to to pick like a, a very specific human emotion, you know, the idea of wanting to be young again, the idea of never getting to be with your friends again, that the loss that you described in that episode, is it, such a specific thing, and articulating it through a horror story.
0: Mm-hmm. And in 20 minutes, too. That's what makes that show so great.
1: Well, in reference to time itself, we are almost out of time here, but before we go, I'd be curious, Isa, if you have any questions to consider for our audience, perhaps things you'd like to more input on obviously you brought this topic to us and I'm glad you did for people out there what would you ask them to think about or what would you be curious to hear
2: I think really considering what it is you're afraid of and where that fear comes from is a a healthy thing to do with your life I also think considering what what scares you the most is a fun activity um, a good game to play Uh, also if you don't like being scared think about why that is and would it hurt to go out and watch The Shining or watch The Babadook with friends?
1: I think that's very good advice. And of course, Hector, if people want to reach out and let us know what they think in this conversation, how can they do so?
0: You can find us on Facebook, uh, Stride and Saunter. Find us on Twitter at Stride and Saunter. You can email us at strideandsaunter at gmail.com or visit our website at strideandsaunter.com.
1: And of course, Iso, we thank you very much for coming on with us today. A podcast
2: only possible
0: in the Twilight Zone.
1: And of course, we thank all of you for listening with us. And as always, from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off.
0: And this is Hector Marrero. Don't be afraid of the dark.